It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the, the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Ruff. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Clark, 11 yard touchdown. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all We are taking you home on a Monday, a manic Monday, the day after the Super Bowl. It is that Monday that should be a national law that no office is allowed to open prior to 10 a.m. on the day after the Super Bowl. Especially, <laughs> and if it's overtime, you get a bonus hour. It's like a time change. I like it. Yeah, you don't you don't have to open till 11. 46862 is part of your sports medicine text line. Uh, by the way, the Mastodons are taking on Oakland, and uh, that is a game Wednesday night. We have your suite tickets, so you can sit in the suite and enjoy Mastodons basketball. Now, it is Wednesday, and I probably should let everyone know that Wednesday is February 14th, which may be significant to some. Might be. So I don't want somebody to get these and then find out, oh, I've got dinner plans or something. Although, so, what could be more romantic than nothing taking... Nothing more romantic. You're, you're, yeah, your woman will fall in love with you. If when you, you tell her, hey, honey, I got you sweet tickets to the <laughs> Don's game? Yeah, yeah, we've got a suite and it cost about what those Super Bowl suites... You hear what those Super Bowl suites were going for a million plus? Oh, yeah. It'll be just like Taylor Swift, just, honey. We'll be in the suite. Just like it. <laughs> I got us a suite... Yeah. You're my Taylor Swift, honey. Here's our sweet oh, tickets. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. So we've got it. Well, I'll write a song about it. There you go. Um, but you've got four tickets. So maybe, you know, double date. Double date. Maybe family. You know, if you've got the kids and you're not going to have the romantic dinner, maybe you come out and watch a basketball game. Uh, all you've got to do is text. What should be the word? You know what I'm going to go with? What? Because I just said Jalen Jackson got snubbed today. Okay. Because he didn't get player of the week. Another one of my rants that Jackson didn't get player of the week, despite averaging 22.5 points, uh, 5.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists. Better numbers than what the guy who won had. But, of course, the Dons went 1-1 one and one last week, so that probably affects it. But anyway, since Jalen Jackson, hometown product, playing so well, leading the Dons in scoring, let's go with the special word Jackson. All right. Just text Z Jackson. <laughs> or Zaxon. Uh, Jackson to 46862 on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Jackson. That's today's keyword. And we'll randomly select one of the entries we received to pick up those four pack of tickets to sit in the suites coming up Wednesday night when the Mastodons take on second place, Oakland. Um, and I told you I would give you a stat that'll kind of blow you away because I, I found this today that Green Bay is leading the league. In uh, first place right now, they are 13-3. and three. They were picked to finish like last or next to last in mm -hmm. the Horizon League. And they are they are 13-3, and three, just finished off a couple of road wins at Robert Morris and Youngstown State. Tough places to win. They have been uh, totally cruising. But uh, 
But anyway, I, I and I'm trying to see because I think I actually may have tweeted this. And uh, so I'm seeing if I've actually got the tweet. No, I don't. Oh, no. I didn't. Maybe I didn't tweet it. <laughs> um, but uh, but the Mastodons are seven and seven. Green Bay is 13 and three. But in plus minus for the season. The Mastodons are now plus 72, and Green Bay is plus 83. Wow. They're 13 and 3. Yeah. Plus 83. And we're not far off, but we're sitting at 7 and 7. Yeah. The Mastodons wow. have not lost a game by more than eight points in the Horizon League, and uh, they have uh, multiple 20 point wins. Yeah. Including wins over Green Bay, Oakland, and Youngstown State, the first, second, and third place team in the league. Well, it's like you said, we've certainly seen that this Purdue-Fort Wayne Dons team can compete with any team in the Horizon League. It's just sometimes they, they do run into some struggles in it's some of just, the games. Yeah. As Coach Goffin would say, it's that the time ran out. In other words, it was like when the final buzzer sounded, <laughs> we were behind, but yet during the game we had been ahead. It had been a back-and-forth game, but we happened to be the team behind when the final buzzer sounded. And uh, and lost, but seven and seven, despite being plus seventy two on the season in yeah. plus minus through fourteen games. I mean, that sounds like that just means that they've had some tough losses. Honestly, four six eight six two is Parkview Sports Medicine text line four six eight six two. So Travis Kelsey just about knocked uh, Andy Reid to the ground. It was very close, but Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. <laughs> He's like one of those soccer popper punching <laughs> Just bags. Just see him, he was like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, well, here's my thought. First of all, he should be fined or should have some penalty that he has to pay for the organization. Because that behavior can't be accepted. I don't care if he's Travis Kelsey. I don't care who he is. As a player and a coach, you can't go have contact with your coach on the sideline. That cannot happen. Now, you can be upset, you can holler and scream. And how that's handled, get it handled behind closed doors. But clean it up and take care of it. Because it's not a good example for the kids that you can go up and confront a coach and actually make physical contact with a coach. That is wrong. I don't agree with it. I didn't like it. And I thought too much last night on the broadcast, it was almost made light of because of the relationship. And I'm like, yes, they have a very good relationship. And I'm sure Andy Reid, knowing Travis Kelsey, probably knew what the intent was. But the rest of the world watching, who might not watch a lot of NFL football, just saw one of the players go up and, quote, attack the coach. You know, that I mean, that's almost the way it was perceived, that he yeah. was going after the coach. And, uh, and you know, we know that he, th he has a good relationship and he wasn't trying to cause any kind of physical harm or anything like that. But there was contact and that can't be allowed. And if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, got to go to Travis and say, hey, you know, that's that you, you can't really suspend a guy. What are you going to suspend him for? But you can fine him. Yeah, you can. And I think he should be fined for uh, for that behavior on the sideline. Yeah, both guys did a good job of PR after the game of kind of making light of the situation. Yeah. So honestly, I'd be surprised if anything comes from it. But, uh, you know, you do not want to be touching your head coach. It's like wrong. That. And, uh, you know, and if you had, uh, you know, some guy from special teams that's in his first or second year that came out all steamed and hot and fired his helmet into the ground mm. and then went up and bumped into Andy Reid, that guy's not suspended. That guy's cut.
Yeah. And so, you know, just you have to at some point, Travis Kelsey makes enough money. You can go ahead and take a few thousand bucks and say, hey, look, we've got to do something here. Sure. We can't allow that to happen. We can't let that be an example in our culture that we allow that type of thing. I agree with that. I think a fine would be fine. <laughs> 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line 46862. Coming up next, we've got the great Don Fisher. It's our 15 minutes with fish. We'll get it on the other side. It's a sports rush on a Monday on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump along with Adam Lundy. We've got you connected on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line at 46862. Don't forget, coming up this Wednesday night at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum, it is a Valentine's Night date with the Purdue-Fort Wayne Mastodons and the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. The longest-tenured coach in NCAA Division I basketball, Greg Campy, brings Oakland into town. So many great classic matchups between these two schools, located about three hours apart. The Detroit suburbs for Oakland, and of course, right here in the Summit City for Purdue-Fort Wayne. And the first meeting, the Mastodons played almost perfect basketball for 40 minutes. They defeated Oakland 98-77. to Oakland right now in a fight for first place in the Horizon League. Mastodons trying to stay above 500. they They're looking uh, to improve and get their 17th win on the season. So it's going to be a good one Wednesday night. So you know what? Uh, let's have singles night out at the Coliseum. And if it's date night, bring her on out. It's the Mastodons and the Oakland Golden Grizzlies coming up on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock tip, 645, the pregame show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Well, every week at this time, we get to welcome the legendary Hall of Fame voice of the Indiana Hoosiers, Don Fisher, to the program. Well, Don, it was a Saturday night date at West Lafayette against Purdue Boilermakers in a rather rather raucous Mackey Arena. And, uh, well, uh, honestly, uh, it, it didn't end up well for the Indiana Hoosiers. No, it did not. Uh, and you're right. Mackey Arena was an absolute uh, zoo uh, <laughs> for the entire ball game, and they were ready for Indiana. Of course, if you remember, Indiana went to Purdue last year, won at Bloomington, and then beat uh, the Boilermakers and Mackey uh, with a 35-point performance from Jalen Huchifino, who was tremendous in that ball game. And we knew going into Mackey this year that they were looking for revenge and they were going to have some fun, and they certainly did at Indiana's expense uh, because the Hoosiers really didn't have much of an answer for what Purdue put on the floor, being the number two team in the country without question. But uh, as we were talking earlier, Brett, uh, Indiana hung in there in the first you know, 14 minutes of this ball game with 6.13 to go in the first half. Indiana was down just four points. But Khalil Ware picked up his second foul at that juncture, went to the sidelines, and from that point forward, it was Katie by the door because Purdue took off. I think they led by 12 at halftime. In the second half, Indiana had no answers for pretty much whatever Purdue wanted to do. But, you know, the first half, in my opinion, was the Braden Smith show. He was just tremendous in the first half of this ball game. He had 15 points. He went to the to the rim so many times in the first half that I thought he was uh, Zach Eady. 
Um, he, he got so many inside <laughs> baskets, it was ridiculous. Indiana's defense was not very good. They didn't have any answers for him. Edie obviously had another solid game. It wasn't a superstar performance, but with him, you know, when a guy gets like 25 or points or so and, and like 10 rebounds, it's just an average game. <laughs> so, so, but it was, it was truly, uh, the biggest issue for this Indiana basketball team is their lack of consistency throughout ball games. You know, Don, uh, when you talk about Zach Eady, one thing uh, I noticed a lot of buzz on, on on social media is a lot of Indiana fans complaining about how the game was officiated. And I quite honestly thought uh, through a lot of that first half, Indiana was playing very physical against Eady and getting away with it. Did did you, and I don't want to set you up to criticize officials or, or anything, but I, I didn't think officiating was playing a part, especially in that first half. Well, I, I whether it was the first half or the second half, I, I thought the game. I mean, I think the officials always try to officiate the game consistently and and do it the right way. Um, and to me, you know, I, I thought there were a couple of fouls that he got away with that that they didn't call. But then I thought it was the same way at the other end. So the lack of consistency would have really bothered me. I thought these officials did probably as good a job as they could. And here's the thing, Matt Painter and I have had a couple of conversations prior to these ball games this year, uh, in which we talked about Zach Eady and his ability to understand he is going to get hacked a little bit out there because he's seven foot four and three hundred pounds. You can't move the guy, and and he handles it with with really good consistency. Doesn't get over anxious, over emotional, those kinds of things. He is just a really smart basketball player. He knows he's going to get hacked a little bit, and I don't think he reacts to any of it, which I think is a tremendous character trait. But um, when you're going up against a guy like that, uh, if he does anything, if he if he moves into somebody, he's gonna he's gonna if he bumps somebody, they're probably gonna move about three feet <laughs> just because he's so big. Yeah, he's so, the toughest guy. Yeah. He's the toughest guy in college basketball to officiate because oh, exactly. because of no his size and because of the way you know officials want to give the defender an opportunity to to defend. Right. But the only way they can do it is if they push, shove, or hack. Right, exactly, and 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 so I I couldn't I couldn't I mean I was exercised a couple of times in the ball game because I thought Indiana uh, or you know a player for Indiana was getting beat up a little bit, but you know what it happens in every ball game, mm-hmm. and and the truth of the matter is the college game, maybe even the NBA game. In fact, I've gone to NBA games and I'm sitting there going, I don't know how they possibly got away with that <laughs> that kind of stuff, you know. Um, I just think it's one of the hardest games to officiate uh, in any sport. I think it's much tougher than, than it is in football, other than offensive line play and defensive line play in football. I think that's pretty tough to officiate as well. But there's no question, um, Zach Eady's a tremendous player. He handles himself really well. And I give a lot of credit to Matt Painter and his, his teams for their performances. They're, they're just a good basketball team. They're really, in some ways, a great basketball team. And the way they play is their style, and they rarely get away from that. And I think they've got a chance to be a Final Four team this year. Braden Smith spent a lot of time in the weight room. 
after his freshman season. Now, he already had a pretty athletic body, but he's built up some strength. And I think he used that against Gabe Cups. I think he realized he had a guy who physically probably couldn't match up with him. And uh, and like you said, I thought I thought Braden Smith had one of his best games he's had this season. No question. Um, he, he has gotten much stronger. There's no question about that. And most of these teams that we're playing here the second half of the Big Ten season are starting to do exactly what you said. They are starting to muscle up on Gabe Cups. Bruce Thornton uh, for Ohio State and uh, Roddy Gale, when they when they played against uh, Gabe Cups in the last ball game on Tuesday when Indiana bounced back with the, from an 18-point deficit to win that ball game on Tuesday of last week, um, both those guards just blood they were bullying they were literally <laughs> bullying Gabe Cups in that ball game and Gabe's I think Gabe is a good little player but he has got to get a lot stronger and believe it or not for his weight uh, he is as strong as anybody in Indiana's basketball team but he looks much more frail than some of these other guys out there and he's got to start bulking up a little bit whether that slows him down or not I don't know but he's got to get a little bit bigger from a muscle perspective there's no question you know, playing a little extra, the extra minutes that Gabe Cups is playing and the physical, the physicality of the game against him, uh, do you see signs of fatigue? Because sometimes that will wear on a freshman. They talk about the freshman wall, but I think that can come and go depending on who you play, how many minutes right. you played the last game. But have you noticed any of that with Cups? Uh, I, you know, I, I haven't noticed it that much. Um, so I give the kid credit because I'm, I'm, but he, He's just not as big a kid as like Braden Smith is now. Braden Smith, six foot, I think, and I don't know what his weight is. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he's a solid six foot player, and he's good. He's athletic. He's very quick, and and he's just a really sound basketball player. Really smart. Gabe Cups is the same kind of guy. He's just not as big physically at this point, and he will get bigger and more physical as his career continues. But you're right. I mean, he, you, you can bang on him a little bit, and I think it starts to wear him down to some degree. I think that's what uh, – I think he's Fletcher Lawyer from a year ago. I think Fletcher Lawyer dealt with that a little bit. Team started playing a little more physical against him, and it made it a challenge in the second half. But I think, you know, he doesn't look like it. He's certainly not the Hulk this year, but I think he's got a little more – physical upper body strength hey don uh, got to talk about uh, the the week down in florida for you i'm sure you're hitting the golf course enough what is the deal with this schedule you've got another week off i know it's ridiculous and if i would have been a smart guy i would have uh, booked a flight to florida and i would be playing golf for at least three or four days prior to getting back for a sunday basketball game next week against northwestern but i'm not very smart i didn't look ahead uh, obviously, I, if there is enough uh, nice weather this week, I will get out on the golf course someplace if we get up <laughs> to 50-plus degrees. <laughs> hey, i got to ask you about Mike Woodson's comment because I don't know what he's talking about. I'll let you have an opportunity to explain it. And I don't know if there's – I don't know if you've got a show tonight because of the we long – Okay, well, then maybe we'll find out tonight. But your thoughts when he said, we're in the thick of it. What are they in the thick of? Because right now you look at the Big Ten standings and they're kind of on the bottom side of a pack – uh, they're not in the thick of the NCAA talk. What are they in the thick of? Well, the thick of the Big Ten race, so to speak, because there are so many teams bunched up. Look at uh, If you look at the standings right now, you've got Indiana, Minnesota, Michigan State, Penn State, Nebraska, 
Iowa, all with about uh, one game between the two. In other words, either one game up or one game down, depending on which team you're matching them up against. That's the only thing that I can think he's talking about, because we're certainly not in the thick of the Big Ten title race by any stretch of the imagination. And they're certainly not in the thick of getting an NCAA tournament bid right now, unless they get really hot here at the end. Don, I do have to ask real quick before I let you go. Mackenzie Holmes becomes women's basketball all-time leading scorer. Uh, obviously a special player and a special uh, uh, a special achievement for her yesterday. Yep, she's, she is a class act in every way. Uh, I love it for Mackenzie because she is such a great young lady and she's a terrific basketball player. Uh, she becomes Indiana's all-time leading scorer. She knocks off Tyra Buss, who's now second. Tyra Buss was terrific during her career. But Mackenzie has just been special for this basketball team and without question, one of the best leaders this program has had in a long, long time. And Don, Tyra Buss may have started a movement at Indiana. I think if you go back and look at the progress the program has made since she's been there, I think you can give some credit to where they're at today with what she's done. Terry Morin obviously deserves a lot of the credit as well. But uh, I think she brought some attention to Indiana basketball. It's helped recruiting, and it's continued to build that program. So certainly want to give her her credit, too. Don, always appreciate you. Well, uh, tonight we do have a Mike Woodson Coaches show then. Yes, sir. 7.05 or most of these same at workstation. Ah, sounds great. <laughs> great promo. Don, have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Brett. See you, buddy. Yep, that is Don Fisher joining us here on the Sports Rush, as he does each and every week at this time. It's our 15 minutes with Fish, legendary Hall of Fame broadcaster of the Indiana Hoosiers. And, of course, that final score on uh, on Saturday at, uh, at uh, Mackey Arena in Purdue was Purdue 79, Indiana 59. Indiana just just flat out struggled in this game. Uh, ended up shooting the shooting just 41.8%, just 25%, 4 for 16 beyond the arc. Uh, Trey Galloway couldn't get it going from deep. He was 0 for 4 long range. And uh, Mackenzie Mbaco, uh, who, you know, you kind of thought maybe he'd be the guy that had the favorable matchup because Purdue plays three guards. And you look at Mbaco and you think, okay, is it going to be Lance Jones that takes Mbaco? Because Jones gives up about seven inches. Uh, but uh, Mbaco, 0 for 2 from 3, 4 for 9 overall. Finished with 12 points, which was the second leading scorer for Indiana. But uh, I kind of expected maybe a little bit bigger game from Mbaco. So Indiana off, as Don said, until next Sunday when they will host Northwestern at Simon Scott Assembly Hall in Bloomington. And, of course, uh, that game will be heard as all IU basketball games are heard on our sister station, 92.3 FM, WoWo, 92.3 FM. Taking a break, we'll come back. Plenty more ahead on this Monday edition of the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, four to six. I am Brad Rump along with Adam Lundy. Coming up this week, Thursday, it is Derek Decker in the chair for me. And on Friday, the coach, Shannon Griffith, returns. We'll have uh, guest hosts Thursday and Friday. And then Saturday, I will be on the road with the Mastodons up in the Motor City as the Dons take on Detroit Mercy. 
They'll be uh, on the road at Detroit, but on Wednesday, we've got a home game, Macedon's against Oakland. And Greg Campy, the longest tenure Division One head coach of college basketball, he uh, brings his Oakland Golden Grizzlies. They're a game out of first place right now, so they're trying to they're trying to get up and, and get even with Green Bay, who they don't have another game against. So they've got to be able to take care of their own business and hope somebody helps them out along the way. But uh, Mastodon's trying to stay above 500. They're now at 7-7 seven and seven in league play after the 92-65 win on Saturday down in Indianapolis against IUPUI. Purdue, Fort Wayne, Oakland, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. And we'll have our coverage right here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Starting at 6.45. So, girls basketball over the weekend, we talked about this a little bit, and I still hate it even more now than I did when they announced it. The format for the state tournament. Not a fan. Uh, you know, they went through the whole song and dance yesterday. Greg Rakestraw, buddy of the show, and a guy that I saw down in Indianapolis because he does the television broadcast for IUPUI. Him and Coach Bob Lovell. In fact, I, I, I told Lovell, I said, what's the deal with you picking guests? Because somehow you pick two guys that I work with and, the, <laughs> and then you didn't pick me. I said, you got a problem? He says, no, call the show. Yeah. So apparently you have to call to get on that show. I think you do. You have no, to call no. in. They got to call me. Oh, they got to call you. They got to call me. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I'm going to play all prima donna on them. Uh, but I don't even know how the number or anything. But anyway, so we were we were having some fun with that. But yeah. Yesterday, the IHSA had the redraw for the semi-state, where they take all the regional winners, and then they show you the ping-pong balls with the names on them, and they draw them one at a time, visitors home, visitors home. And uh, I still hate the process, because to me, and I was talking about this earlier for our Facebook viewers today, that in sectional play, you eliminate most at what, 75, 80% of the teams like 80% of the teams, I think, are gone after you get through sectionals. About four out of every five teams, they're gone. Maybe even more than that. Maybe 85%. But you you eliminate the field significantly during sectional week. And then it used to be on regional week, you eliminated 75% of those that still remain. Semi-state week, you eliminated 50%. And the state tournament, you eliminated 50%. That, to me, makes sense. Clear out 80-85% of the teams in sectionals, 75% regionals, 50-50 when you get to semi-state, and then it's a one-game winner-take-all at the state championship level. Now, you eliminate 85% or so of the teams in sectionals, but you only eliminate 50% of the remaining teams at regionals, and eliminate 75% of those that remain at semi-state. Why do those kids have to stay, practice a whole nother week, missing their spring sport, or a chance to start to prepare for spring sports, if they're going to end up getting knocked out anyway? The semi-state experience, getting beat in the morning, it, it, it doesn't matter. I mean... I just don't – it's not like you're going to go around the rest of your life bragging that you made it to a semi-state or you won a regional that was a one-game regional against some other sectional champ that may have been 13 and 14. And we had those. We had – in fact, where's the one-loss records? 
for the semi-state. Because I think there's a couple of teams that are barely 500 right now. Bremen is 15 and 11. They're playing in a semi-state at Huntington North on Saturday. Uh, Where's the, oh, Andrean is 13 and 14. Now, they probably play a tough schedule. Somebody's going to say, yeah, but Andrean's up there where they play Merrillville and Chesterton and Portage and Valparaiso, whatever, uh, Crown Point. Andrean is 13 and 14. They got a losing record, but yet they've advanced into the semi-state. And I just think, okay, 13 and 14, if they used to advance to a semi-state, then you know it was a, a really good 13 and 14. At this point, I don't know. They probably won a weak sectional, got a good matchup, favorable matchup, or maybe had an upset win at one game regional, and now they're in a semi-state where they'll take on 22-3 and Lewis Cash. On paper, that doesn't look like the ideal matchup. No. Let's see if there's anybody else. Union City in Class 1A. They're 14-12. and Okay, that's all. <laughs> that was enough to make my point. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't like the form. I, I'm like eliminate 85% the first week. 75% of those that get through sectionals, they're eliminated at regionals. 50% are eliminated at semi-state. 50% at state, you got state champion. That's I like it that way. I don't like the 85%, 50%, 75%, and then 50%. Don't like that. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line. But here's what happened over the weekend in regionals uh, in Class 4A. Remember, it's a one-game regional. So you win in advance, and then you have to wait till Sunday to get the redraw to know who you play in semi-state. Homestead beat McCutcheon in Game 1, 51-34. And then Snyder got knocked off again by Noblesville, 43-40. to Bad loss for Snyder, man. I thought that team was... Was headed to semi-state. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 3A, Norwell advanced with the 58-44 win over Benton Central. You had Hamilton Heights beating Woodland 55-31 to uh, in Class 2A. Fremont fell to Cass 37-25. And Lures beat Lafayette Central Catholic 57-46 in Class 1A. Uh, Bethany Christian got beat by Caston 44-29. Now, that leaves us with semi-state. This is the way things got paired. First of all, they have to choose what location you're going to. And for 4A, they picked LaPorte. So, Homestead, and and that's where, you know, maybe that Noblesville win over Snyder cost Homestead a trip. Maybe if you had Homestead and Snyder, there would have been more weight to try to get this uh, semi-state closer to Fort Wayne. Instead, Homestead has to go to LaPorte, almost two hours away, and they'll play Lake Central from the region. Lake Central 24-4, and that's a uh, 11 a.m. game because it's so far west, it's in a different time zone. It's in central time because they go by, by, by Chicago time. Uh, also... Uh, at Huntington North, a 10 a.m. game with Hamilton Heights taking on Norwell. And Bishop Lures will be taking the trip to Logansport, where they will play LaPel 
And that also a 10 a.m. game. So three teams, Homestead, Norwell, and Bishop Lewis, all in action coming up this Saturday. And by the way, you can tune in to hear the Norwell Lady Knights take on Hamilton Heights Saturday morning at 10 a.m. right here, presented by Parkview Sports Medicine on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Um what did we did we miss anything today? We've been so busy, Adam, that it seems like this has completely just spun out of control today. We were so far behind. <laughs> uh, we talked a little bit about Purdue IU. You heard Don Fisher talking mm-hmm. about it from the IU perspective, but uh, I think we've got to talk a little bit about the Purdue perspective because Braden Smith just took over this game at one point. There he just dominated, and Braden Smith proved to be just too physical for Gabe Cups. And uh, I think it's a problem for Indiana because look at who Indiana plays next. Northwestern. What does Northwestern have? They've got older, veteran, strong guards. Exactly. Who's Gabe Cup's going to guard that's not going to just out-physical him? <laughs> Boo Booey is a physical attack-the-basket type of player. So you can't put him on Boo Booey. Well, then that means, okay, Ty Berry. Well, Ty Berry's like 6'4". And, uh, I, you know, Ty Berry will take him down to the low block and take that little step back 10-footer. I, I just think that's going to be a real matchup issue for Indiana against Northwestern is matching up with those two guards who can really take over games, just ask Purdue. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but uh, it, of course, Mike Woodson making the comment that they're right in the thick of it, I guess, whatever thick you want to be in. <laughs> It's like being stuck in the swamp, mm-hmm. but there's other people that got stuck in the same swamp as you. So it's like we're all stuck in the swamp together. Right in the thick of it. All right there in the middle of a, a big pack of very mediocre basketball teams, but we're in that pack. So we've still got a lot to play for. <laughs> 46862 Sparkview Sports Medicine text line. We'll take a timeout. We're going to come back. We'll put the wraps on this Monday edition of the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Got the old double dip coming tonight. We've got Matt Painter, who will be on the radio at 6.05. It's the Matt Painter Show. And then uh, that'll be for Boiler fans. And then right after that, we've got Don Fisher with Mike Woodson for Inside IU Basketball at 7.05. By the way, yesterday, uh, a big day in women's college basketball. Not only did Mackenzie Holmes for Indiana set the all-time scoring mark at Indiana University, beating the record that was established by Tyra Buss. But Caitlin Clark, who it looked like she was going to blow away the all-time NCAA Division I women's basketball scoring mark set by Kelsey Plum. She was only eight points away heading to the fourth quarter and then did not score in the fourth quarter. And Nebraska came from 14 down in the fourth quarter and beat Iowa And so Indiana is now in first place in the Big Ten. So pretty big day for women's basketball yesterday. All right, that'll wrap it up for us on a Monday edition of the Sports Rush. Coming back tomorrow, do it again from 4 to 6. Big thanks to Don Fisher for joining us. Our 15 minutes with Fish. We've got him every Monday throughout the basketball season, and then even then some. That'll do it. Have a great Monday night. 
Enjoy Matt Painter and Mike Woodson coming next. This has been the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.